0: Il mondo si cambia attraverso la condivisione e anche per certi aspetti la gioia e la felicità di essere protagonisti del cambiamento. Locale. 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 Locale.
1: Cambiamento. F- Change. We, we,
0: we, we are. Welcome to the Slow
1: Food News Network Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of the Slow Food Youth Network podcast of 2022. I'm Valentina Gritti, your host and international coordinator and project manager of the Slow Food Youth Network. But first of all, what is the Slow Food Youth Network or SFIN, as we call it? It is a global network of young activists who are working together to achieve a better food system locally and internationally. We want good, clean and fair food for all. Today I'm very happy because I will record the first episode together with Carlin Petrini, the brilliant mind who founded the slow food movement in the late 80s. We will talk with him about his experience and his memories as a young activist, but also about how the movement is developing. And we will get to know his vision towards the International Congress of Slow Food this year and the edition of Terra Madre which will take place from the 22nd to the 26th of September in Turin, Italy. Terra Madre, is the largest event that Slow Food International organizes every two years where representatives of the different communities meet and during which various activities, workshops and conferences on the themes of slow food are organized. So, welcome to the Spin podcast, Carlin!
0: Grazie, grazie mille! <laughs>
1: As you know, our network is made up of young activists who are committed to improving the food system around the world, with their communities or even with daily gestures on an individual level. So, to start our conversation, I would like to ask you to share with us your experience as an activist at the beginning of Slow Food, that will for sure inspire our listeners.
0: Well, for that, we have to go back in time. I have been formed
2: by an understanding of activism connected to the experiences of the youth movements of 1968 and the years after. But whenever I have to speak about my experience and also my training that has brought me to sharing the creation of Slow Food, I have to reflect about the interest society had in the world of food and nutrition and how that world was being perceived. And more generally, I have to talk about how gastronomy was being perceived in the beginning of the 80s. So I'm talking more than 40 years ago. In those years, having food as such a central element of daily life was everything but obvious. The concept of thinking of gastronomy in a multidisciplinary and holistic way, the way that we have developed, defended and promoted with our small University of Gastronomic Sciences in Italy was a concept that was absolutely not present. On the contrary, gastronomy was being perceived as something solely connected to joyful dimensions, as an element limited to the pleasure of food, and that was it. The people did not realize the holistic sense of gastronomy and the powerful connections that it has, because gastronomy was being reduced to its playful and recreational nature. This holistic view of gastronomy over the years has been concretized and manifested itself more and more also through the persistence and the incredible reality of our Terra Madre network, which was founded in 2004, in the beginning of this century. This view gained power especially thanks to the attention that Slow Food managed to give countries which are less fortunate or disadvantaged. Doing so, allowed us to question the status quo that some Western culinary cultures were holding at the time. These culinary cultures were thought to be not only more important, but also of universal value. Back then, it was of common belief that the culinary culture celebrated in the West could offer solutions that were suitable for the needs of the entire planet. Especially in Europe, we talked a lot about the great French cuisine, and obviously about the Italian one. Like most developed countries, We had solved the issue of famine and malnutrition in our territory, and therefore created a perception of food culture that was connected to
0: pleasure and enjoyment. I think that
2: the most valuable work that has been done by Slow Food in this regard is above all the work of public sensibilization, that tried to disconnect gastronomy from the singular connotation of being a pleasurable department purely connected to enjoyment and pleasure. This idea has then fortunately been understood and absorbed by the civil society. It is thanks to that promotion that now by looking at gastronomy we celebrate biodiversity. Through gastronomy we celebrate the capacity of communities to understand their own history and culture. And we celebrate the sense of respect for mother earth and the environment. Fortunately, the awareness that gastronomy has a multitude of facets has over time become our cultural heritage. Which means that if you talk today to the youth about these topics, it means talking to a different type of generation. My generation had not yet incorporated this dimension of gastronomy. On the contrary, it was strictly concentrated on the pleasure aspect of it. Luckily though, among the new generations, the holistic perceptions of gastronomy has grown. And in a certain sense, it has manifested itself into a style of young activism, which in my times was not there yet. And by the way, this new young spirit of activism has a strong international component. Today, a dimension of activism that remains closed within national context and borders is not sufficient to understand the complexity of the world. Today, this complexity can be understood in particular through the connection between different countries and their economies. Today, we live in a world in which, as is rightly being said in many places, everything is connected. We cannot reason about gastronomy if we don't focus on the disasters that are being provoked with regard to the biodiversity in different parts of the world. And we cannot reason about gastronomy if we don't understand the connection between deforestation in the Amazon and climate change, and if we don't understand the absurdity of a food system which on one hand has 700 million people that are suffering from malnutrition and hunger, and on the other hand has 1.6 billion people suffering from overeating and unhealthy diets. This reality demands a new type of activism, a regenerative activism. I think in this field the young generations are currently given a lot of space to put forward
0: their ideas and encounter some sort of universal fraternity that overcomes national dimensions.
1: Okay, so there is a need for a holistic vision of gastronomy, of internationality and a sense of brotherhood, so that all together we can really make a change.
2: Absolutely. This is one of the positive things of this historic phase. There is a common sensibility which today alerts everybody much stronger than back in the day.
0: tempo.
1: And instead, speaking of Slow Food now, in 2022, what is the current vision of the movement? Where does Slow Food want to go with the International Congress and the event of Terra Madre?
0: Well,
2: we are coming out of two tragic years for our civil conviviality, and also two tragic years that have had the whole world worried for such a long time. So we are in a phase out of which we haven't fully come out yet. But we are moving, as we hope towards leaving the restrictions that have defined our lives for all too long behind us. But to think that we can get back to how we were living before, to business as usual, is from one side a desperate hope, because we won't be able to go back as how we lived before. But on the other, it can be an opportunity. The opportunity is to give rise to a paradigm shift concerning our current type of economy concerning certain ways of production, distribution and travel, because this pandemic has simply amplified a crisis which is much more profound, which is the crisis of our ecosystems, climate and nature. We find ourselves in a historic moment, in which everybody is constrained to reflect. And this change requires all of us to regenerate our way of thinking, in order to generate the capacity to change our behavior in a systemic way. And it is important that we do not live these changes as changes of suffering, of unease, but as changes that can be interpreted as a form of liberation, of new sharing. Practically, we have to guarantee the passage from one society that is heavily competitive, in which my generation has grown up and shaped itself, towards a society that puts into evidence instead of competition a participatory approach geared towards sharing and cooperation. The challenges we have in front of us are not challenges to be solved with the spirit of competition. These challenges can only be resolved with the logic of cooperation. It is important to understand that this is not at all a small change or something of little significance, because it means to start thinking in a different way, not only on a personal level but also on an international level. The current debate these days of a possible war between the East, the ex-Soviet system, and the Western world is one of the most absurd things to think of in a historical moment like this one. A war that will not only have horrific impacts on all levels, but is a waste of time and a waste of our energy that could be dedicated to moving forward, to the creation of opportunities to overcome the challenges of our time. You see, the end of the pandemic can have two
0: possible outcomes.
2: One is that we leave this pandemic better than before and incorporate this regenerative concept of cooperation. Or otherwise, the parameters of positive development are again going to be the classic ones, such as GDP growth and so on. These are the parameters that we have had before the pandemic. If it will be like that, the situation is going to be much more serious. For the moment, we can only leave this aspect open. But I am sure that the philosophy taken on by the vast mobilization of young people that has been realized luckily in the past five years is moving around positive and innovative approaches. Also this extreme multitude of practices and concepts promoted by many world leaders and companies, which Greta Thunberg rightfully summarized as a big blah blah blah, is nothing compared to the great commitment of our young generations. The generations that are going to be our future and are now facing the huge challenge of building a positive future for themselves. I am convinced that taking a decisive stand next to these young generations that
0: aim at regenerating our ways of living is one of the distinctive elements of this time.
1: And among other things, regeneration will be precisely this year's Terra Mother theme, Right?
2: Yes. You see, there is a similarity between the concept of fertility of the soil and the concept of a fertile environment for ideas and political proposals. The soil needs to be regenerated because for too long it has been devastated by an excessive use of pesticides and other chemical products. So it needs to come back to its biological nature. And the same can be applied to our economy and also to our personal relations. We need the form of regeneration that puts cooperation in the place of competition. We need a form of regeneration that generates strong forms of mobilizations for the paradigm shift that we need. But these mobilizations need to be lived with joy and pleasure, and not with suffering. Because with suffering you don't change the world. The world is changed through the spirit of sharing. And regarding some aspects, the world can also be changed
0: through the sheer joy and happiness of being protagonists of change. Nice,
1: what a positive message. Well, now to conclude this episode of the podcast, I would like to ask you if there is one last thought that you would like to share with the guys who are listening to us
0: the only fraternal message that
2: i would like to share with the youth movement and not only with the youth movement of slow food but more generally with all youth that in this moment is looking towards necessity of a paradigm shift is to strongly maintain their conventions and beliefs to maintain them also in presence of partial defeats and moments where it seems that their demands are not being heard or put into concrete
0: action. I'd like
2: to tell the youth to have trust and determination for continuing the struggle and to be conscious that a change and results in these big issues that we are facing come after long medium-term involvement and active participation don't let yourselves be demotivated if things don't go directly as you have wished or fought for it needs time but it is the determination that will change the world to be persistent and positive this is the only advice that i would like to give and that i feel like sharing also if i look back on my own experience it was unimaginable that 40 years ago a network like Slow Food would manifest itself in 150 countries around the globe. So, I'm convinced that this element of change is to be lived with this strong dose of persistence. Be persistent
0: and you will see that results will come.
1: Thank you very much, Carline, for your availability and for this really interesting conversation. Thanks also to all of you who are listening to us and following our podcast. If you have any suggestions on topics you want us to cover or particular formats you'd like to listen to, send me an email to podcast at slowfoodyouthnetwork.org or send us a message on Instagram. You can find us as Slow Food Youth Network. See you in the next episode. Bye!